kind of spot would she have liked and we both liked trees and so we I, I found a grave up towards the end of the cemetery where there are trees in the background and we had that little interment service of worship led by Willem Vandenberg my friend from Horsham and as we worshipped God there some horses in the next paddock came and trampled up and down non-stop as if something significant was happening and then we sang be still my soul you know the hymn Good on you. And as we sang that without musical accompaniment, the horses all came and bowed their heads over the fence and I reckoned they knew exactly what we were doing. Whoever said animals don't understand. And, and that incident took my mind back to a, a little book written by Eugene Peterson on a commentary on sections of the book of Jeremiah. He entitles his book, Run With the Horses. It's a call for each and every one of us. For life at its best, beyond the mundane, the daily grind and chores. If you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how can you compete with the horses? And if in a safe land you fall down, how will you do in the jungle of the Jordan? I recall going to Sunday school with Australia's golden girl, Betty Cuthbert. I think she's still alive and she suffers severely from MS in WA. But you can guess, can't you, that she always won the races at the Sunday school picnics and I came last. <laughs> Running with the horses. Discovering God in a whole new world for you and me to embrace that God wants us to live an abundant life. The non-Christian can never understand or know. William McNamara wrote something, we've got to get our heads around it, we might at first disagree with it like I did, but I know his sentiments. He said, there are no free men to lead me, no saints to inspire me, no sinners sinful enough to impress me or share my plight, no one human enough to validate my lifestyle. He said, it is harder to ling it is hard to linger in that dull world without being dulled. would help if I had my pages in order, wouldn't it? So it is a quest for life and in its abundance. He goes on to say, I stake the future on a few humble and hearty lovers who seek God passionately in the marvellous, messy world of the redeemed and related realities that lie in front of our noses. You see what he's trying to say, that there is an abundant life for you and I to embrace through and in Jesus 
Christ in front of our noses. Well, we recall Jeremiah was a prophet in Israel who foresaw the fall of Judah about 590 BC, the southern two tribes. He warned of captivity. He warned that Israel's best would be transported to Babylon. You remember Daniel and his three friends? And oh, how Daniel stood strong for God. His prayer life, uh, his, his good diet, and uh, he refused to worship the image of the emperor in the desert. And then in 520, when the Persian army captured the Babylonians, not all of God's people would return to Jerusalem, but some did and would rebuild the temple. Uh, And in the midst of this, Jeremiah is a sad figure, yet called by God when he was in his mother's womb. Do you know that you were called and set apart by God when you were in your mother's womb? And that's something for all of us, not just the boys and girls. From birth, chosen by God. And Jeremiah will preach faithfully. Um, He will suffer for it. And uh, he will be, uh, of course, a very sad and depressive figure, person. So here we have a quest for the best of, of never reaching friends until you reach your Everest of running with the horses. Peterson in his little book reminds us that Jeremiah's life was far more significant than his preaching. And you know that's true of us. Our lives, our lips speak volumes to the world out there. He talks about the saints of the Old Testament, of Abraham, of Moses, of David, whose lives were just like us. They were made by the same clay as we are. They were sinners, but they were leading saints of God's kingdom. Called to live beyond the mundane and the ordinary. And remember, friends, it is not I, as Paul says, but Christ who lives within me. These saints and others, if scripture, have been stimulated and guided by the hope of a better future. Martyrs, prophets and friends who live beyond the mundane and the ordinary have been stimulated by God, have called by God. The words of Hebrews, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Let us then meet Jeremiah again in chapter 12 that we, we read. He's making his second complaint God against God uh, sounds all perfectly reasonable why do the good suffer uh, it's a problem for Christians and non-Christians alike but for different reasons why do the faithless live at ease why they get away scot-free and Jeremiah is saying Lord if you do don't do something about it I will as if 
for God is still sovereign. He allows his reign to fall upon the just and the unjust. Why do the faithless, Jeremiah says, live at ease? Why do little children die? Uh, Why does the world allow suffering? Why do Aussies have food in abundance? Why there is starvation in Africa? It's the same question asked in a lot of parts of Scripture, certainly in, in Job and Malachi. And God's reply to Jeremiah, even your own family, will let you down, don't trust them. And, and Jeremiah feels like giving up. Of walking out of his ministry, do you know that there are 50% of the ministers of the Christian church in Australia today who have quit and for other reasons than sickness or retirement. I had a friend in one of my previous parishes had this little saying, don't be a quitter in God's service. If you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? Gadaski sees this as the greatest tragedy of all, of, of people, even of servants of, of God who have stopped reading their Bibles, who forget to pray. Um, he, he talks about them as having died emotionally or spiritually even years before they die physically. Let me, in the time we have left this morning, pick up then Three points. Jeremiah invites us to a risky life. It is risky being a Christian. He invites us to a victorious life and he invites us to an abundant life. Jeremiah invites us to a risky life. No, certainly not a a stupid, foolhardy risk as Satan tempted Jesus, throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple. Oh, the angels will catch you. You won't be hurt And you won't have to go to the cross. And you know, those temptations of Satan in the wilderness to Jesus were very real in his humanity. Three times he is offered not to go to the cross by Satan. And each time Satan quotes scripture, and and friends, don't ever forget that Satan knows his Bible. And he uses it against you and against me, given half a chance. But the sort of risk here that I believe is the risk of going out into the world, of letting others see that you are a Christian, of experiencing ridicule, of criticism, and in some places, persecution. I was talking to the guy in the motel as a Christian. I said, Aussies need a good dose of persecution to wake up the church of Jesus Christ. It is a risk when we first give our lives to Jesus, perhaps that we're not sure that he's going to meet all of our needs. It is a risk to take his promises literally and to give everything to get going 
like the horses. And again, it's a call to Let me just quote um, the words of a hymn here. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labours increase. To added affliction he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's forgiving is only begun. And I think it is in that midst of that life, when the trials come, that we think maybe God has left us, whereas he's closer to us than ever before. Jeremiah secondly invites us to a life of victory. We sing that wonderful hymn, Soldiers of Christ, Arise. When you're feeling down, discouraged, downhearted or, or alone or no one understands me, remember, friends, to take God's promises literally and abundantly. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That's a good little phrase to have somewhere in your devotional papers. And Jeremiah's horses are a reminder to us, a picture of spiritual victory. God wants you to have victory, but God, Romans 5, 8 demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still in our sinner, Christ died for us. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, that great resurrection chapter. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world even our faith. And don't the Olympics, the Olympics that we are seeing on our screens at this very moment encourage us to a life of victory. And finally, we are invited to that abundant life. I am come to you that you might have life, Jesus said, and have it in all of its abundance. That Greek word for life is, is the meaning it is life now, not just that we wait for till we die. It is now and is, it is abundantly rich. It is different from even the best that the world can ever offer. It is your present possession now, an abundant Life. Have you ever read Ecclesiastes from first to last word? Probably not. Don't blame you. Uh, it's, 
It's a book of the Bible that's an apologetic. In other words, he's tongue-in-cheek. And uh, the boring, mundane, daily life, day after day, as the boys and girls would say, boring, boring, boring. But then he comes for these little gems. And he's really saying that life in God, in Christ, is now abundant and full and rich. And with a meaning that can bring us through the darkest day. It is a quest for spiritual wholeness. I don't know about you, but as I grow older, I experience God's gift of greater integration in my soul and in my faith. It's all coming together, more than ever before. Not perfect, of course. For Peterson's call, even at 80 or 90 or 100, and there are a lot more people at 100 than there used to be, is that we might run with Jeremiah's horses, and of course not physically, but, but spiritually. Even in old age, we can still enjoy and glorify God. We can still look forward with eager anticipation to that spiritual inheritance that can never fade away or be taken from us. We can still reach beyond the mundane to the glorious. This, friends, is God's gift to you and to me. Running with the horses an abundant life, a victorious life, even though it might be a risky life. It's a call to the glory that lays be front of you and me to his name, that we might run with Jeremiah's horses, that we might stand strong in the jungles of the Jordan and not grow weary with those who are Healy, spiritually walking. Amen. Lord Jesus, help us to run with the horses. If you've given us a life that we can never begin to fully explore, grant to us a risky life, an abundant life, a victorious life. In you and with you and through you. All of our days, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to share with you now some pastoral prayers.